Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and More. Welcome everyone to another episode of the NBA Podcast. We are finally in the regular season. It's been long awaited. Uh, before we get started, you can follow us at the NBA Pod on Twitter. In there you can find all three of our Twitter handles. You can also check us out on iTunes. Please subscribe, download, give us some reviews. We'd love your feedback either way. We're also still looking for some intro music, so if you or anyone else you know... Hey, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. ...is able to hook us up. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, and lastly, uh, I'm just going to right off the bat say we are recording this on Friday, October 28th. So there have been three nights of regular season NBA action. We are going to try not to overreact to one or two games, but naturally we may a little bit. So keep that in mind. With all of that said, I am joined today by Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. How's it going, guys? Hey, Bri. It's going well. Pretty darn good so far. Yeah, both of your teams are undefeated, and my team is <laughs> winless. So yeah. I, I guess we're going to get used to We're right back into the swing of things. <laughs> um, so let's just start right off the bat. I think we, we'll just go... We're, we're going to go back to our old format now that the regular season has started. So we're going to start with our since last time section, which is when we recap the biggest happenings in the association since our last podcast. We're not going to be able to touch on every single game because there were a lot and a lot of good ones, but we'll try to touch on the bigger storylines. So I think right away, opening night, Cavs open with ring night, host the new super team Knicks. Uh, who did not get off to a very good start. They lost by nearly 30 to the Cavs. LeBron drops a triple-double. 
Morton, you know, half of the Knicks are former Bulls. So <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think about the super team Knicks? Is it, uh, should we already write them off or is it too early to do that? Well, every super team, you know, can have a bad night. We saw the Warriors lose one as well. So they'll, they'll, they'll come back and win 50. No, you know, it's just, we all saw this coming, didn't we? Like a ball-dominant yeah. Derrick Rose, ball-dominant Carmelo Anthony. Though I, I will say this, though. I was kind of surprised in the way that Carmelo got his shots. He, he, he got the same kind of shots that he used to get. So it, it seemed like he wasn't really affected a whole lot by Rose's high volume. Mm-hmm. But overall, Rose is a problem. Noah looks gimby. You know, Kristaps looks amazing when he gets yeah. his feet set, and I just don't understand why they don't use him a little bit more in the pick and roll, uh, or at least the pick and pop situation. It seems like they they went to it a little bit late. I I want to see them actually play a little bit more through him as opposed to making him sort of a last resort. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. But like overall, LeBron owned everyone from start to finish (laughs) Kyrie I think he dropped 29 in 30 minutes Uh, there's really nothing you can do with those two are are on like that is there no and Kevin Love played well too he had uh, 23 points 12 rebounds I believe in 25 minutes like (laughs) insane per per minute production out of him and I think I saw that he had not hit those statistical thresholds including three steals in his entire Cavs tenure. So, you know, we heard a lot about how uh, LeBron may try to take more of a backseat in the regular season and try to promote Love and Irving as, like, 1B and 1C versus, like, LeBron is 1 and then they are 2A and 2B. Like, if they really do start to maximize all three of those guys, you know, if I'm a Cavs fan right now, I'm feeling pretty good about how my team started the season and my chances of moving back to the finals for the third straight year. Um, You just didn't want to say repeat, huh? You were this (laughs) close, but you didn't want to say the word. I I get it. I get it. Well, well, we're going to get there now because as you alluded to, Morton, uh, the other super team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors, did not get their Kevin Durant era off to a very good start. Thanks to your San Antonio Spurs, Sarah. Uh, it was a 129-100 blowout in Golden State. Uh, Kawhi drops a career-high 35 points to go with five rebounds, three assists, and five steals. You know, Kevin Durant, in terms of just box score production, he fared pretty well in his first game, 27 points, 10 rebounds. Draymond Green stuffed the box score as usual. Steph... Uh, was a little more inaccurate from three-point range than you expect, but still fared pretty well. Sarah, what went wrong for the Warriors here? That was wholly unexpected, wasn't it? Like, I I fully expected to start out the season 0-1. I think think it's been pointed out they they got crushed on the boards, first of all. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I don't have the box score in front of me, but the Spurs hit more threes than, than the Warriors? I think that potentially uh, happened. Let, let me double check. I know they had more fast break points with the, than the Warriors, which was also a huge surprise for, you know, the, you, don't, you don't think of the Spurs as a fast break team. But yeah, they, they had... Yeah, was it like sorry, 12 to 7 had or something? 12 to 7, yeah. exactly. Yep. Crazy. <laughs> I, I don't um, know what the hell happened. Um, 
but yeah, the rebounding was a big deal. Uh, fast break points, like you said, too. The Spurs have been talking about that they want to push pace this year, but, you know, like, okay, everybody wants to push pace. I did not expect that that was going to happen the first game out of the gate. Um, now, as, as you <laughs> alluded to earlier when we were talking before we started recording, then they went into Sacramento and and didn't play the same type of game, I think. So <laughs> it, it's, you know, so they're not going to be at that level right away, but that was a hell of a start for sure. Uh, Kawhi but, might. Kawhi will. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel confident saying that, yeah. Actually, I was going to say that about um, – the Kings game. <laughs> my my mother watches this sh- uh, movie every Christmas that is super old and and nobody else watches and it's like on a VHS tape and fuzzy and it's terrible. But <laughs> it's uh, based back at, during World War Two, and so there's like rationing, and this lady makes meatballs with like walnuts or something in them because they don't have that much meat, right? And she says, "I'm I'm expecting the sauce to cover a multitude of sins." And that's kind of how I feel Kawhi is because, like, especially watching that Kings game, yeah, there's a lot of trouble areas so far that the Spurs need to work out. But, my God, does he cover up a lot of it. So that's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> but we'll get back to the Warriors. Um, like, we, I mean, everybody talked about, they, they don't have the same size. They don't have the same rim protection. Um, we all thought Zaza would probably be good enough because they have these other assassins around him, but uh, it sure didn't work out game one. I think they're going to find their stride, but this is almost kind of a nice opportunity for them to peak at the right time rather than having mm-hmm. to be awesome all year long. So I think that could be good for them. And, and it's a nice little uh, wake-up call right at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very good point in that they are 73-9, and nine, or I guess 74-8 and eight is suddenly very unrealistic. <laughs> and they said, you know, throughout the preseason they were not going to go for that because it wore them out last year. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, it is a good wake-up call. It's, you know, we everyone basically crowned the Warriors before the season started because it's like, oh, you swapped out Harrison Barnes for Kevin Durant. How are you going to lose? But, you know, you alluded to it. They don't have the same size. We said in our Pacific Division preview, they're going to miss Andrew Bogut a lot. Mm -hmm. Not only his rim protection and his rebounding, but he laid those crushing moving screens that were often illegal. (laughs) And he never got called for it. So, you know, I don't know that Zaza could provide that same type of Right. Uh, movement, which is what freed up a lot of their open threes last year. So, you know, I I don't think any of us are, we, you know, we, we buried the Knicks already. I don't think any of us are burying the Golden State Warriors. I think we all expect them to bounce back pretty resoundingly. They play the Pelicans tonight. I worry for the Pelicans' health in this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Although but Davis that is going to go off again, right? Like, we can pretty fairly yeah. say that. There's no one yeah. who's going to hang with him. Right, yeah, but as we saw Wednesday, uh, even if Davis goes off, yeah, right, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with the Warriors. But that said, I mean, I, I think we're all safely projecting them still to win fifty-five to sixty games this year. Just it it may take them a little more time than we expected to really hit their stride. Right, I still have them at seventy though. At seventy, yeah. Wow, 
I, wow. I st- yeah, like like I said in in one of the earlier previews, uh, I mean, I think Golden State is going to be the first back to back seventy win team of all time. Like they lost against the Spurs, and mm-hmm. again, it's the Spurs after all. Right. This is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> this is a team where their superstar had a software update and just went balls out. And, like, you know, he got to the line 15 times and drained 15 free throws. I mean, he was perfect. He still is, I believe, on the year. This was just a guy who asserted himself. And, and as we all know, you know, elite offense will beat an elite defense. And I'm not really all that concerned. If San Antonio has their number, then so be it. But I think Golden State will pretty much have everyone else's. You know yeah, what? That's it. So uh, we we Sorry. would be remiss to not mention the bench as well because they got crushed in oh. bench points, and mm-hmm. I think their bench is going to come along. But they do have a lot of new faces there, so it's going to take a little while. It's not going to be the well-oiled machine that it was last year and the year before. Yeah, that's a, a very good point. And they don't have Jonathan Simmons, who went off for a career high 20 <laughs> And we got to give Morton a shout-out, yeah. Yeah. I will tell you, I did not yeah. see that out of Jonathan at all. Like, I, that blew me away. So, like, he's always been a little rough. But, my God, <laughs> he put it all together in that game. Yeah. Now, it's so weird because I, I last year when I saw him play, I just felt that he had, like, the perfect – he has the perfect NBA body. Mm-hmm. And he's athletic, and I just kind of figured, if there's a guy out there who can tap into that, it's Pop. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me one iota if he ends up like averaging fourteen or fifteen points this year. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And like, he, he plays got the amazing defense. Ball. Yeah, yeah, and the three ball is coming along nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, there have been a lot of stories about him since that game, how he paid $150 to go to this D-League <laughs> yeah. tryout, and now he's, you know, a, a very key piece off the bench for the Started Spurs. from the and, bottom, now we're here, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's it's impressive. So maybe, I mean, I think that's the thing from both of these Spurs games that I'm most impressed with. You know, they obviously lost Tim Duncan, and for anyone still mourning, uh, Sarah has a 6,000-word epic about Timmy on B-Ball Breakdown that you should go check out. Yeah, um, must read. Definitely yeah, must read. Really... That was wonderful word, Sarah. Thank yeah, you. Very, very good. Uh, but in terms of their their bench, I, like I, between Simmons and Dwayne Dedman, like, they have some intriguing pieces off the bench now. So the Spurs really... You know, everyone always says this is the year the Spurs drop off. And, you know, even our resident Spurs fan had the Clippers above them uh, in her projected standings. But, you know, based on what we've seen so far, the Spurs just may never die. They may win 50 games from now until the end of eternity. So uh, we'll keep an eye on both the Spurs quest for yet another 50 win season and the Warriors chances of bouncing back against the Pelicans. Let's move now. To, you know, we have to touch on this. Joel Embiid makes his NBA debut Wednesday night. Did you guys watch? Yes. JoJo? Of course. Yeah. So I want to hear your honest thoughts about him because obviously mine are colored <laughs> a bit. But he in he came into the game with a 20-minute limit, slightly exceeded that, played 22 minutes, had 20.7 rebounds and two blocks and a 103-97 loss. So... 
Sarah, let's go start with you because you are the big man expert here. What did you like out of JoJo, and was there anything that concerned you a little bit? Man, I'm trying to think of concerns. I mean, every, every now and then his footwork is a little, little stilted, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, <laughs> his first taste of real NBA action, he had to deal with Stephen Adams, and it did not right. really seem to bother him at all. So I would say that's a very good sign. Um, he quitted himself really well, like stepping out, hitting the three, which we know he can do. Um, <laughs> he even even uh, right towards the end of the game when they really needed a bucket, and he drove it in, and he was you know a second away, a half a second away from having the an and one, but it got called for the charge. But yeah, that I mean, he he doesn't seem to be bothered by any pressure or anything. He he's fully ready to go. So. I you have every reason to be excited. I was I was thinking about uh, there's that saying when you look at someone through rose colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. <laughs> but I mean, I don't really see any red flags with him. So just just keep on looking. It's it's all good. That's that's basically how I'm feeling right now. I you know I I could not have expected anything better. Especially I mean I. Uh, I just wrote a piece for the Step Back, uh, which is fan sided's new NBA site, about why he's not going to win Rookie of the Year. And the big <laughs> argument was he's just not going to play enough minutes, and he's going to be in this front court logjam eventually. Like you know, Okafor was limited to 12 minutes in opening night. He actually played 16. Uh, Nerlens is out for a month after undergoing a minor knee surgery, but in theory he's going to come back at some point. So you know. In theory, Embiid's not going to play more than 25, maybe 30 minutes per game all year. But, I mean, God, if he could put up 27, 2, and 2, and, or sorry, 27, and 2 in 22 minutes, like, maybe he can win Rookie of the Year. It's just, it's unprecedented that someone playing that, that few minutes, I think it was only two times since the merger that someone's played fewer than 30 and won. But, you know, the, I think the thing I was most encouraged by is what you alluded to is that at the end of the game, they were feeding him like they, they know what they have in him. And Brett Brown has repeatedly said he's going to be our focal point offensively and defensively. Um, you know, they, they backed it up on opening night. And I think my favorite part was him already like in the third quarter. He's already screaming at Steven Adams. He can't guard me, <laughs> which is just like the dude is not short on swag, uh, which you know, after a very hard three years in Philadelphia, he is a a welcome infusion of energy. Morton, are you going to rain on my parade about Embiid, or do you think he looked as good as we do? You know how there are guys who feel themselves a little bit too much and then can't <laughs> bag it up? Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys who can, and that's intriguing. That's really intriguing. Like he may not have shot well from the floor overall, and he might have taken a few shots that were a little uh, questionable, to say the least. <laughs> but, I mean, that was just him trying to feel himself a little bit, trying to stretch his own limits, which I can appreciate. I think that was actually, in a way, a, a development tool for him. And he's probably going to mm-hmm. do that a little bit. So I, I wouldn't be discouraged if I'm a Philly fan, if, if he you know shoots in the low 40s, over the course of the first couple of months because yeah. he's, he's he's testing himself right now he's also testing his body he's testing the competition he's trying to figure out okay how good am i really mm-hmm. what can i do out here 
and it's insanely obvious he can do a ton. I mean, look, that the most impressive thing to me was the three ball. Yeah. I, I know it's just a single three-point shot and whatever, but it was the confidence. It was the fact that he grabbed that ball and he just launched it. He didn't even think. It was like, right. yep, I'm open. This is a shot that I can make. I'm going to take it, and I don't care if I'm 7-2. I'm going to drain it. I love that. That's just like, imagine if he is the type of guy who's going to be uh, a 200 block, 100 threes a year type of player, along with maybe 800 rebounds and 1,500 points. Dude, like that's, that, yeah, you're smiling, Brian. <laughs> I know. But I mean, that, that, that's the type of player we could be looking at. So no, I'm not going to rain on your parade. I, I'm, I'm jealous. I wish I had an Abid. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I, I mean, to your point about the development, I've got a piece going up soon at B-Ball Breakdown about this. You know, I think there, it sucks that, you know, Simmons is out, Noel is out, Jared Bayless is out, Okafor is limited. But there are two silver linings to this. One, it reduces any pressure. Like, I I think with Hinky leaving and Colangelo coming on, there was pressure to go from a 10-win team to a 25-30-win to 30 win team. Now you have that built-in excuse with injuries. So now, again, you're like kind of counting ping-pong balls. But at the same time, that means Embiid can kind of grow through his mistakes. Like sure. they're, You don't necessarily need to hand the ball to your veterans uh, in closing minutes. You know, I, <laughs> Gerald Henderson was the one who took that ill-fated last-second shot, which was uh, – we're not going to talk about that. Um, but you know, that just means they're going to feed Embiid and just let him grow through this because this is still another building season, especially until those injured guys come back. You know, Simmons, the earliest he's back is January. It sounds like Nerlens and Jared Bayless are out for a month. Um, so I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I will say before we move on, just want to extend a hearty middle finger to anyone who is now completely reversed course on Sam Hinkie. I cannot tell you. How many people we have seen in the last week or so that have now released these glowing profiles of Embiid and the process, whereas a year ago it was this guy's a bust and Hinky's a fraud. Let it be known that we were watching and Retweet Armageddon is coming. We have we a list. We know you love the middle finger. We yes. know you feel like the middle finger. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry Russell Westbrook. That was not a good look on, on our part. He was passionate about it. I mean, come on. He was. Yeah, he, was he really, really got it. Passionate. The double-barreled middle finger, too. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. He didn't was give up. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, he gave two. He gave yeah. two. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So just, just want to let people know that we were watching and your reckoning is coming. Uh, let's move on to the Lakers and the Kings, who, I mean, the Lakers on opening night beat the Mike D'Antoni Rockets in possibly the most fun game I've watched just because neither team played any semblance of defense. Uh, the Kings thumped the Suns and then were pretty competitive against the Spurs. So are these are they competent this year? Is this a thing? Maybe. I mean, look, when you, when you have Luke Walton and Dave Yeager helming, you know, those squats there's going to be an increase in quality. I mean, I just can't imagine any scenario where that wouldn't be the case. And and it's not like there isn't talent. Like, even on the Kings, Boogie, like, under the right head coach, 
is undoubtedly the best center in the league. He might even be like a top seven, top six talent, top six player even if he was on a winning squad. Like he's legitimately a beast and mm. should be an all NBA guy for the next 10 years. Then we look at the young the young and, and gunning Lakers now. Like they're testing out Brandon Ingram as a pseudo point guard, like walking the ball up the court, initiating the offense. Like there's so much flexibility going on with all this talent that these coaches have some tools that they can try to utilize. Like, okay, we can te- we can test out some experiments here. I know from experience having played this with this guy before that we can do this and this and that. So I think it's all about coaching right now. Yeah, they, they look mm-hmm. competent and Let's just hope that, especially for the Kings' sake, that Dave Yaker isn't fired in about 15 games. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. 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 Boogie can't get meningitis. That's <laughs> the only thing that could undermine them. Damn you, Boogie, if you do. They're not going to put it all on Boogie's health because that's that's exactly as logical as firing your head coach for it. Well, that's what they did. That's yeah, what they know, did with Malone. He got off to that exactly. good start, and then Boogie got meningitis, and then he so, got canned. And they've so... been... So, so downhill crazy. ever since yeah like, could you imagine like the spurs firing pop season <laughs> like oh you know Kawhi went down with a with an illness pop you know you you had a nice two decades <laughs> off you go yeah we lost 10 games bye pop yeah i will tell you getting a good look at the kings last night they defended like jaeger mm-hmm. has them their offense is still kind of just boogie, but mm. and Rudy Gay every now and then. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, actually, you know what? Macklemore looked pretty good last night until Kawhi did what Kawhi does. But you know what? We shouldn't even like. I've seen a lot of people talking about that today, and yeah, it was amazing and really fun to watch. But I don't think it's that big a deal for Macklemore. I mean, Kawhi's done that to Chris Paul, Stephen Curry multiple times. I wouldn't mm-hmm. feel bad if he took yeah. the ball from me. I'd be like, well, <laughs> that was bound to happen, really. So. Well, you right. you would like if Kawhi took the ball from you. Come on, you just have the opportunity to play with Kawhi. I mean, uh, yeah. that would be okay. So. Yeah, you'd be okay. With yeah, it. no, I mean they looked pretty good last night. And at one point, Jaeger was literally like right next to the play, clapping and cheering them on as they were defending, and it was actually kind of fun to watch. So, it was not fun to watch them. Uh, you know, slow the Spurs down at all, but it was nice to see them actually really working on that side of the ball. Mm. So if they continue to do that, they can compete in this league. Yeah. Yeah. Remember I'm when encouraged. Rudy Gay came into the league? He was actually billed as a two-way player. Like he's, That's true. he had, he had the, the athleticism, he had the anticipation, like at UConn, he was able to switch a little bit more. He was playing the passing lanes and somehow in the middle of it, he got away from it. And if Jaeger can somehow tap into that aspect of his game again, like, it's not like he's a worse athlete now. Like, you know, it could be fun to see Rudy Gay actually establish himself as as a pseudo defender. I don't think he's ever going to be a plus defender. I think he's picked up too many bad habits. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the opportunity is there for him. And just the fact that he's not completely mentally checked out is a great sign for the Kings because he, yeah. you know, came into the year, uh, it leaked presumably from his camp that he's not going to pick up his option next summer, and he's presumably getting the hell out of Sacramento, you know, as soon as he can. So it would be very easy for him to just kind of mentally check out this year, but 
the fact that he's not bodes well both for him and his future job prospects, but also yeah. the Kings. Like if you know he's one of the most logical guys to be moved in the next couple months, and if he's played well so far, so like they might actually get something of value if a contender identifies a wing player as one of their primary needs. Uh, so you know. As a Sixers fan, I'm bummed because we own the Lakers' top three protected pick and we have a pick swap with the Kings, so I want both of these teams to be a tire fire. Uh, but for, for the sake of your own fan bases, I'm very excited for you guys, for both the Lakers and Kings fans. Uh, you know, It's been a long time since either one of you had something to cheer about, so uh, I hope it keeps up. Uh, speaking of presumed tire fires that actually... <laughs> We're, we're not, uh, at least on opening night. The Chicago Bulls actually beat the Celtics with Dwayne Wade and Michael Carter-Williams hitting threes. Morton, what happened? I, I think we're in the upside now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was watching that game live. I was staying up because I just had to to see the first Bulls game. I, I was just, I was sure as hell that... You know, the combination of Boston's defense and the presumed poor shooting of the Bulls would, would just, yeah, make it a tire fire. And I would just, I just, I wanted the misery. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I still don't have an answer. The only, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was toying around with, with a theory today because, you know, we, we've all talked about how the, how, how defenses can, can guard the Bulls by just packing the paint and letting them shoot, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Great defenses also rotate out to even poor shooters. They don't close out hard, but they close out. Mm-hmm. But when you leave a guy completely open, you sort of forget these are still NBA players. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the whole mentality of the Bulls can't shoot kind of affected Boston a little bit. I think they were kind of lax. They mm-hmm. didn't close out even a little bit at times. <laughs> and and it just I think they just presumed, oh, okay, that's going to be an automatic miss. We're going to get the rebound and we, we can go run. And then, you know, just slowly but surely, they started hitting from the outside. It wasn't until a little bit later in the game that they started rotating a little harder and closing out a little harder. So, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to keep up, like, an, at all. I think this was, like, the best outside game they're going to have the whole year. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised that's the case. Uh, even Butler joined the action, like, four or six. Yeah. And, and Rondo hit a three. Like, what the hell? I mean, everything <laughs> just... This was this was the perfect storm in in many ways, uh, but I, they won on the glass though. They I think they were mm-hmm. plus nineteen, so I'm not really putting too much stock into it. And, and you know, Boston actually had a low key bad game, like quote unquote bad game. Uh, yeah, I mean, for it fall, fall you, as well. You kind of ha- wonder if they were just tired. You know, the mm-hmm. Bulls had not played a game. Uh, the Celtics were coming off the second game of back to back, so. It could have just been as simple as a schedule loss. Um, you know, we talked about Al Horford's rebounding as kind of the weak link in his game. Um, yeah. And, you know, the fact the Bulls abused the Celtics on the boards, that that's something, you know, again, we're not pulling the alarm on any team after one game, but these are things that you should watch out for in the coming games. And if they become trends then it might be something worth noting. So, you know, yeah, there are fluke games and Dwayne Wade is probably not going to hit four threes in a game again. I think that was the first time he did it since January of 2013. Uh, so you're not going to count on that all the time. But, you know, just something to keep an eye out on. Um, 
And he, also, he'll probably increase it. Like he will. He, I could see him end the year with like eighty-five threes. I mean, that's that's fair. Is is the percentage yeah. that concerns me? I just mm-hmm. I just want him to keep defenses honest. If I'm going to like believe in this team, like because yeah. And at this point, I I don't. I mean, one one win is not going to change anything, at least not now. But if it becomes a theme that he and Butler can can start creating long ball. And at least keep defensive honest, you know. Okay, I'll I'll buy into that a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it was a fun game though. Like that last shot from Wade. Yeah. I mean, I mean that was fun and his homecoming and all that. Yeah. Him looking like Urkel in many pictures circulated around the league, you know, <laughs> with, with his shorts pulled up and all that. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, the Bulls have this weird, uh, Jason Pat of today's fast break tends to know that for whatever reason, the Bulls are always really good on uh, Thursday night TNT games. And yeah. it seems like they, this happened a couple years ago too. It was Derrick Rose's first game back uh, after the ACL tear. And I think, I think this is on the same game. It was against the Knicks and it was just an awful game, but he hits the game winner. Yeah. And then uh, afterward, Joe Keep Noah gets on the the microphone after the game is like i love this shit so uh, the bulls tend to feed off of these like opening night narratives it seems um so we'll, we'll see if it's sustainable moving forward they did sign rj hunter which i i'm in love with that signing it's a guy i thought the yeah. sixers should have tried to go after um and that should definitely yeah it, it should definitely help uh their spacing concerns if nothing else and it again goes to show that Danny Ainge has pissed away a lot of his good assets because they had to cut what could be a productive player for nothing. Um, let's move on. Oh, one more thing. I'm, I'm going to be going to the Bulls uh, Pacers game tomorrow, so I'm actually very excited to see Miles Turner versus this Bulls front line because that's going to be a fun battle. Oh, he's going to probably repeat his 30-pointer. <laughs> I, I hope so, yeah. Uh, so now let's move to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they beat the Wizards on Thursday night. Dwight Howard looks amazing. Uh, had 11 points, 19 rebounds, 3 blocks. You know, we we talked about him uh, before the season as kind of a guy who might have a resurgent campaign. And there was a story that came out, I think, from ESPN.com's Tim McMahon the other day about this like inner tension uh in houston last year where it sounds like management really was pushing for clint capella to play more and decrease howard's role and howard did not take kindly to that so the fact he's on a team that actually wanted him you know i i think the howard that was so dominant with the magic in the late 2000s that's probably gone for good but i don't think the reduced shell of himself that we saw with LA and this last year in Houston, I don't think that's where he is. I think there is still a better Dwight Howard in there. So the fact that he had such a productive game against the Wizards was encouraging. Paul Millsap's still a monster. He had 28 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Uh, I think the big news out of Atlanta is they signed Dennis Schroeder to a four-year, $70 million extension. Uh, so, Morton, what do you think about that price for Mr. Schroeder? I like it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we know that he's a capable point guard. We know he's young. We know he's got loads of potential. And what makes that contract safe, in my opinion, is the coaching staff, actually. Like, we know that he's going to get proper coaching. We know that his development is in the, in the right hands. Like, I, w- I would consider such a contract, like, a, a larger gamble if, we, if he was associated with a bad organization. 
Mm. And you would, because you would have that constant risk of thinking, okay, he doesn't have like the development tools to his aid, but here he has every chance of becoming, you know, a lot better year to year to year. So I, I yeah, I, I think it's great value for him, even though he's, you know, he might struggle at times because he's still young and that outside jumper is still not automatic, but his talent is just so undeniable. Yeah, I think once they traded Jeff Teague, you had to figure that this was the end game. They were definitely going. They weren't going to trade Jeff Teague and then let Schroeder, you know, test the free agent market next summer and yeah. possibly leave and leave them without a starting point guard. Uh, I mean, this is Evan Turner money, which you know I'd much rather have Dennis Schroeder as my starting point guard than Evan Turner coming off my bench as my backup combo guard. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, it's it's hard to put these into perspective. Like, these next couple of years are just going to be weird because you have guys like John Wall, who's still on this five-year, $80 million deal. And compared to that, this is an absurd price. But under the new cap, if we're looking ahead, this is fair. This is exactly, you know, I think, honestly, I would be surprised if there is a worse point guard that did not get as much, if not more, than Schroeder next year. So yeah. this is like uh, 11 and a half, right? Under the old CBA or not CBA under the old well, cap. Old cap. That sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 11 that and a half, right. like maybe 12, but that's fine. Right. right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to pay at least starting next year. You're going to have to pay at least $20 million a year to get yeah. a, a above average point guard, which I think Schroeder, you know, he's 22, 23. Like he, you lock him in at this price now, there's a good chance he continues to develop uh, over the coming years. And as you alluded to, Mort, like they've got a great coaching staff down there. So yeah. I, I have confidence that he's not going to plateau. So uh, I'm actually a big fan of this deal. Going to give a quick shout out to this new site that uh, I launched with a couple of the former Hoop76 writers called NBAassets.com. Uh, if you want a kind of unique way to look at every team's assets. We rank every team, and then we also rank the top 100 assets league-wide. And Schroeder's a guy who we actually were grappling with uh, right now because we're trying to figure out, you know, where to put him. Does he break into the top 100 league-wide? You know, I'm I'm leaning toward, yes, I'm leaning toward him supplanting Bradley Beal. But we're, we're going to wait and see a little bit to see uh, how he fares at the full-time point guard before we make any drastic moves there but check out nbaassets.com or nba assets on twitter if you want a look at that type of thinking uh league-wide and team-wide so i think the last game we're going to touch on uh is this clippers blazers game from thursday night which got very physical and very testy uh, even though chris paul denied that after and in, uh, in the post-game interview uh you know i think the the big takeaway is, you know, Blake Griffin has 27 points, 13 rebounds. He's back, right, Sarah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what uh, we talked about in the preview. I was, I was expecting to see from him and hoping to see as a just as an NBA fan. Yeah, he's back. I didn't get to see too much of the game because they were on the same time as the Spurs, but. Oh, yes. um, and when I flipped over, yeah, he was doing all the old Blake things. So, and DeAndre Jordan was doing DeAndre Jordan things at the free throw line, but <laughs> that's okay because they still won. So, 
How did uh, how did Damien look last night? He was good. I mean, he uh, it seemed like he got frustrated at times with Chris Paul because uh, Chris Paul does all of his like veteran. Yeah, I'm not playing dirty, but I actually am. <laughs> right, right. I mean, he had 29 points, 10 rebounds, three assists. So like, had a big game. Uh, but it definitely seemed like CP3 got into his head a little bit. So, you know, I would love. I you know I didn't pick Portland as a playoff team, and I'm already starting to regret that. Uh, I would love to see these two teams in the playoffs. I think, for whatever reason, they seem to really not like each other. So I think that would be a fun matchup. Well, who likes the Clippers? Exactly. Fair yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that about the Clippers versus anyone. It is yeah. a fair matchup. Uh, even the, even right. the Brooklyn Nets have like a <laughs> with them. Like, it doesn't matter if they in a preseason game they meet some German team. They're going to have problems with them. Is you know, <laughs> my God, they they're the true villains. We we always yeah. you know use the term villain to to for some, a specific team every year. This time it's the Warriors, but. Like we should really devote that title to the Clippers full time. They've earned it. Yeah, and I think they they, they should buy into that. Totally. They did did you hear Chris Paul's interview at the end? It's like yeah. yeah, I mean he he's like we don't care. We we talked about embracing that. So I, I think I think that's their goal this year is to <laughs> embrace being the bad guys. I like it. It's a fitting role for them. So yeah. I, I you know I I was very impressed. You know I. Sarah, you and I, and more. I think you also had the clips at two, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and all I, three I, of us. I'm, I'm kind of regretting that, though. <laughs> oh, you want the Spurs now? <laughs> Look, Kawhi, the way he's playing right now. Yeah. 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 Well, all all three of us had them as the number two seed, so we were expecting this kind of uh, debut from the new look Clippers. But you know, it's it's just good to see Blake back. Like it, you know. You never want to, I don't care who you're a fan of, you never want to see elite talent sabotaged by injury. And, you know, Blake's a top 15 guy. Like, he, he's an insanely good basketball player. So it's just fun to have him back in the league, regardless of your team affiliation. Draining threes. Yeah. Like, effortlessly. That shot, like, it looks tweaked. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he was showing that off during the preseason some. Uh, it seems like. That's definitely going to be part of his game this year, which yeah. that, that adds a very new, very scary element to Blake Griffin. Um, so I think now is a good chance. You know, we, we mentioned Kawhi already. Let's move into our Where Amazing Happens segment. This is usually where we talk about a lot of the fun off-court parts of the NBA, but since we're only three nights in, hasn't been too much on that front. So instead, I think this time, let's just devote it to all of the amazing performances that we've seen because we're three nights in and there have been some insane, you know, insane outings from a number of good players. So, you know, we brought up Kawhi, Sarah, he, he has 35 against the Warriors and then he has 30 against the Kings. He has five steals in both games. I think I saw, uh, alias stats said he was like the first guy to have 65 and 10 in his first two games. And like, since the 70s or the 80s, like in three decades. Mm. So, you know, the steals, we've come to expect. He's, you know, we all of us had him in the Defensive Player of the Year category. Um, is this scoring going to keep up? <laughs> I'm nodding. You guys can't see that right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, 
Yeah, I'd be really surprised if he averages less than 25 a game. I'm pretty sure it's going to be above that. Of course, that you know, if they end up blowing out a bunch of teams, then maybe not. But yeah, he's scoring so easily right now. He's gotten much more patient with the ball. And uh, actually, this guy who uh, who has known him since college, Clint Parks, I think, for, um, who's on Twitter, he tweeted that out last night as well. He said the the game has slowed down for him so much. Mm. So he's so patient right now. You can't rush him. You, you literally run three guys at him, and he doesn't care. He's faking. He's he's gonna find the angle. He's passing really well right now as well. So mm-hmm. I expect his assist numbers to go up too this year to four or five around there per game at least. Um, and he just. The free throws are something that I'm really interested to see if he can keep getting to the line. I think he had like 15 in the first game and only seven mm-hmm. last night. And there were definitely a few where you're like, okay, he's still not getting those those calls that a Kobe or a, or a James Harden would get because he, you know, he would make the exact same move you'd seen those guys make a million times and it was always free throws. And it isn't always free throws for Kawhi still. <laughs> but uh, that that could be huge if he could get some more of those freebies so i'm gonna keep a close eye on that and just how many pick and roll handles he gets this year because i have talked about that ad nauseum but mm-hmm. that uh he just looks really good handling the ball right now so yeah he's gonna keep scoring at a very efficient high rate yeah i think the the system player complaints <laughs> about Kawhi, if your piece about him from earlier this year didn't put those to rest you know yeah. He, what's impressed me the most is his he's now like fearless in isolation situations whereas mm-hmm. before you know the spurs we associate them with ball movement generating easy offense or Kawhi would steal the ball and just have an easy fast break transition opportunity but there was a a possession where he's being guarded by andre iguodala who is you know a first team all defense candidate a finals mvp and he just like calmly walks up against Iggy, like drives to the basket, fades away, pulls up, shoots right away. Like he, it seems like, I mean, I guess what that guy said, the game has slowed down for him. Like he's just so, he knows exactly what he's going to do. And he's not, he doesn't really care what the defender is going to do. Like he knows how he's going to fake out the defender. And I'm wondering almost because he's so good on defense, if he can exploit those tendencies, like he knows what defenders are going to do because he is, you know, he, he's one yeah. of the best in the league at doing that. So he can then kind of use that to his advantage. Uh, I mean, I, you guys both had him as your MVP. I I regret not having him as my MVP at this point. You should. Yeah, I yeah. didn't officially yeah. I mean, pick him for reasons of superstition. But <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, but you, you wanted to. Yeah. In regards <laughs> to the slowing down thing, um, I actually wrote a piece that I delivered to B-Ball Breakdown for its uh, season preview ebook, which isn't mm-hmm. up yet. But it, it, I'm, I'm kind of glad that this was touched upon because my whole piece was set up in the way of looking at the game being slowed down for guys entering their like their fifth or sixth year. Mm-hmm. Like this is his fifth, right? I believe this is his fifth. Uh, and, started 2012, six? so 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. He was drafted in 2011, right? So this might be, this might be a six. Is six? Yeah, okay. I, I think well, it's fair a enough. Six. Yeah. All right, fair enough. But like same point. Six years. Yeah. Same point. Yeah. 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 
Like th- there is a time in like some of the great players' career where everything slows down, where decision making comes more natural, where the game flows to their advantage, where this player understands that when the ball comes to him, he's like he has the best best odds out of anyone on the court of getting a positive result. Kawhi right now, and that's also why I picked him as the MVP because last year, you know, you saw. A smidge of that you saw him getting more comfortable you saw him playing more pick and rolls you saw him uh, or you actually heard from pop that he was looking at kobe and michael in terms of how to set himself up and i just thought with his work ethic and with duncan not being there anymore now it's just like it's the perfect time for him to like establish himself as as one of the league's best and right now I, I think people are missing out on him a little bit. I have him in the same category as I have LeBron and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. I don't yeah. have him as that, you know, a, a small tier down. I have him right amongst them. And and he's not like the fourth guy out of those. He's one of them. Like, you can interchange him all you want. And it seems like people are still, oh, he's he's like a system player. He's he's a product of, of, of pop. Well, no, he's... You know, that might have been true in in the early parts of his career, but now he is the system. Mm-hmm. There's a major difference. Now everything revolves around him, his decision-making, the way that he, you know, leads defense to offense in the most perversely manner ever. It's just ridiculous what he's doing. And I, I think what we're seeing right now is the birth of a guy who's knocking on that door that Tim Duncan just walked through. Like, we have guys like Camilo Anthony, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Sure, he is. Um, but he's not knocking on that elites of elite door. He's not yeah. one of those absolute top players. Where Kawhi right now, he's entering that conversation if his career progresses in the way that it looks right now. He's he's going to be one of those guys that you in 20 years time say, oh, I would take that guy to start a franchise. Yeah, for sure. He's I mean... going to be that good. To your point about having him in that, like, you know, the top of the top uh, mm-hmm. on NBA assets, we have him as the number four asset in the league, uh, ahead of Anthony Davis, ahead of Kevin Durant, ahead of James Harden. A lot of that is due to his contract. You know, he's got three yeah. years, fifty-seven million left, which is just laughably low under this new cap. But you know, he, you said it, like he looks like he's just ready to take the throne that Tim Duncan left for him. And he's, he's ready to be this, like he might not put up huge numbers like a LeBron or like a Kevin Durant or like a James Harden, like, uh, you know, these like massive triple double stat lines every night, but his, his superstardom is two way. Like the fact that he is so good on defense, if he's putting up 30 points a night, and smothering the opposing wings, like smothering, you know, a Durant or a Carmelo or a Paul George or a LeBron, it doesn't matter that he's not also chipping in 10 rebounds and six assists. Like, that is a box where it can't really fully capture his impact. So, exactly. Like Duncan, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, again, San Antonio, they really just might win 50 games. I mean,. I, I don't know when it's going to end. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. Um, you know, we, we mentioned Damian Lillard earlier against the Clippers, against the Jazz on Tuesday. He had 39-9-6 in the win over uh, the 
injury-ravaged Jazz. I think the only thing to say there is he is not underrated, as we <laughs> talked about. <laughs> as we talked about in our division previews, he is a very good all-star caliber player, and the only reason he might miss the all-star team is because he has very tough competition. Uh, I think the, the big one, I mean, we can't go without discussing Anthony Davis. You know, we mentioned him earlier, had 50 points. He also had 16 rebounds, five assists, seven steals, and four blocks against the Nuggets, and they still lose. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they're missing Drew Holiday. They're missing Tyreek. So that's part of it. But Sarah, are you a little more concerned now that the Pelicans are really wasting a transcendent year from the Brow? Yeah, I mean, that is sad. And and they're going to because they just don't have much around him. There's nothing else that's going to happen. It's going to be a rough year again. Um, so, yeah, how how long is he there? How much does he have left on his contract? I, I it just he, kicked in. He just, yeah, he just, so he's got five oh, years. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe they could figure out how to break some people in but yeah i mean it's just that's just not a good team right now yeah that he's the team so it will be a shame if he spends his career like that uh, hopefully he doesn't but there's not a lot of hope around the corner at the moment is there yeah i mean holiday will be back at some point you know he's he's not hurt he's just uh, mm-hmm. his wife just had the brain surgery so he's just tending to her and their newborn child so that is a bright spot you know that pelicans fans at least have that we don't know when he's coming back but you know it's not like he's coming back from an injury tyreek is coming back from an injury so we just don't know when he's coming back or how effective he'll be but yeah i mean you know they recalibrated this summer and got rid of ryan anderson and eric gordon and brought in solomon hill and etuan moore and you're figuring they're going to be more defensively oriented and then they allow 100-plus points to the Nuggets. So, you know, Brow, I think the good thing is that it took one game to remind everyone that he's a transcendent talent when he's healthy, uh, you know, and we can't discuss those top, top, top-tier players without mentioning him. Uh, you know, these aren't, like, empty stats. You just, that's a historically good stat line. So you can accuse him of putting up big numbers on a bad team like boogie does or like kevin love did back in minnesota but i mean that to impact a game like that is absurd so we can only help that the rest of the pelicans start carrying a little bit more of their weight uh and that they get healthy soon uh james harden's another guy you know i had him as my mvp uh, he puts up 34-17 assists, which were a career high for him, and eight rebounds against the Lakers on Wednesday, and they still lose. Wah, and Morton, wah, wah. Yeah, Morton, you were trolling me on Twitter uh, immediately after yeah, that happened. <laughs> I, I admit it, I'm, I'm concerned. You know, I thought... Uh, my point about Harden putting up monster numbers proved valid, at least through one yeah, game. The, La- yeah, the Lakers are... They're, you know, they're not a good team necessarily, so we have to see uh, if that holds true. But, you know, Mike D'Antoni is talking about wanting Harden to average 15 assists, which sounds crazy. And then you look at that game, and through the first quarter alone, he has 12 points and 9 assists, and you're like, oh my god. 
Like this is amazing. Like James James Harden really can play point guard. Uh, you know they they really stagnated offensively late in that game, and it seemed like Luke Walton targeted him on defense a lot, uh, which may have slowed them down on both ends. But I'll admit it, Bort, you control me. You you can let the world know that my MVP pick is not looking great after one game. <laughs> Well, you know, he's still producing at a high level. Here's the thing. Like, imagine if the league had sort of a prime, I know it's sort of ridiculous, but a prime Amari Stoudemire out there who's used to a fast-paced offense such Mm -hmm. as Denzoni's in which he played. Like, if you have that one big man who can roll to the basket with authority and Mm -hmm. who's athletic and you you put him alongside James Harden, that team is going to win damn near 60 and he would be the MVP just because he would be... Averaging those 15 assists, compare, and as well as 25, 28 points. He just needs that little extra help. Like yeah. Ryan Anderson, you can more or less only pick and pop with him, and mm-hmm. that's going to be easy to defend down the line. Yeah. You just need, you need that one role guy, and Clint Capella is probably not the perfect role guy. Yeah, Especially I mean, when he can't, you know, can't hit free throws. Right. He showed, uh, he actually played well against the Lakers. I mean... You know, yeah. not not the top tier competition, of course. Um, Eric Gordon also missed a couple wide open threes that would, could have changed the game. I mean, Donatus Matayunas is still out there in like contract purgatory. Uh, they still, I believe, they still hold his rights, and they just haven't offered him a deal yet. We don't know what condition his back is in, but you know, if they reach some kind of agreement over the coming weeks. That'd be a really interesting guy to add to this team. Uh, and then Patrick Beverly is also coming back. He had knee surgeries out for three weeks. So I, you know, maybe that will help uh, reduce some of the strain on Harden defensively once Pat Bev does come back. But yeah, I admit it. I mean, I, I had Houston in the playoffs too, and I'm a little nervous after watching them give up 120 points to a Lakers team that, you know, Vegas projected to win around 20, 25 games. Um, just just to, still take a minute and just think about these three days, right? And you mentioned Harden. We've had a game mm-hmm. with a guy scoring 50. We have had 40. We've had a triple-double. Now we have Harden with a 34-17 game. We, yep. we have Boogie with a 37-16 game. I mean, this is ridiculous. And it's yeah. awesome. Oh, my God. But please don't ever leave me again, basketball. This is This is... This is unprecedented. I think I just I can't remember a beginning to a regular season that is that's this awesome. Yeah, I can't either. And we also, I mean, we had Russ had a nearly had a triple double against right. the Sixers. He had thirty two, twelve, and nine, and he would have gotten a triple double, but Embiid ruined it with an awesome <laughs> chase down block at the end. Uh, and then Miles Turner, we mentioned him earlier. He had thirty sixteen and four blocks against the Mavericks. So. Yeah, I mean, we, we were talking about this before we started recording, you know, just compared to the NFL season, which they're hemorrhaging ratings, you know, on Thursday night, you have an awful Titans-Jaguars game, and the Titans go up 27 nothing at halftime, giving no, re- no reason to stay tuned to the second half, except if you're playing fantasy and you have Blake Bortles because you hate yourself. <laughs> uh, and then, like, the NBA... You know, we have Spurs Warriors in the first night. We have Clippers Blazers on Thursday. We have a bunch of really amazing performances. 
it's like the dichotomy between where the two leagues, their health right now is incredible. And then even, you know, Tuesday night, I think, it, yeah, it was Tuesday night where Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts are sitting side by side on the NBA on TNT set and they're just coexisting peacefully. Think about where we were, you know, five or six years ago when David Stern and Billy Hunter were like at each other's throats and wouldn't even be in the same room together. And now we we're two months away from this labor agreement expiring. And it sounds like we are on, you know, they, they have the ball on the one yard line and they're just trying to punch the final deal, like the final details in the league is in incredible shape. So I, I think it's safe to say we we all missed basketball a great deal, and we were all very happy it's back. And just the amount of like all of these guys we mentioned, what you know, like not a single one is over the age of thirty. So all of these guys are going to be around here and dominating for at least the next five, six, seven years. LeBron is. We never mentioned LeBron. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Outside of that, you're right. These are youngsters. Yeah, like Miles Turner's in his second year. I mean, Kawhi's in his sixth, Dame's in his fifth, I think. Yeah, Brow's in his fifth. Like, all of these guys are in their mid to late 20s, if not early 20s. It's and then I was overly emotional, I would actually draw, like, a comparison to the fact that Kobe, KG, and Duncan retired. Then this is sort of, like, meant to happen, meant to be, that you have all these young guys at the very beginning of the next season saying, all right, old guys, we're going to take it from here. Yeah, we, we got this. Don't we worry. We got this. <laughs> Roll credits, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, and it should be noted that KG will not be gone long because it sounds like he's joining the NBA on TNT. That's so awesome. Like, yeah. I, look, that came as a total surprise. I was so hyped. And I and for a second, I had my hopes up that he was going to replace Shaq, and then I found <laughs> yeah. out that Shaq was staying, and then I cried a little bit. But okay, <laughs> you know, at least he'll he'll uh, make him sound a little bit smarter. Yeah, one would hope. I mean, um, I think we're all safe to say we're all very excited to have KG back in our lives, uh, and he's going to be awesome in that role. I think he's he was never one to pull any punches, so I think uh, hopefully he keeps. Uh, Chuck and Shaq in line a little bit once they go off on their <laughs> completely ridiculous tangents. And I wonder uh, where Duncan is going to sign, like the Weather Channel. <laughs> <laughs> if he he has to do H E B, he can't betray his longtime right. endorser. Uh, yeah. So I mean, we're all just we're all just thrilled to have the NBA back. I think you know we will touch on some of the more fun off-court antics as the year goes on. But, you know, the the big takeaway from the first three days is just what a great place the league is in. So, well done, NBA. Uh, we're going to now move to our final section. It's called the My Crush, where, you know, we, we've just talked for 20 minutes about all these superstars who had monster performances, but there are some under-the-radar guys that also are showing out early in the year. Uh, so, Sarah, I'm going to start with you because I stole the guy who you wanted he did. <laughs> but yeah. i get i gave you a couple couple good options so i want to hear who who your crush is this week okay yeah. um you're still gonna have to let me just say a little bit about your guy but i'll wait till you say something okay um, that's, that's fine yeah you suggested deadman so i'll go ahead and pick Dwayne deadman 
uh, he was exhilarating last night. Like, mm-hmm. Boogie was murdering Pow all the first half, and it was really, really hard to watch. And I was like, Tim Duncan, please, please come back, brother. But Deadman came in in the second half, and he really, he stood up to it. I mean, he, he defended well. I mean, Boogie's still going to crush because that's what he does, but Deadman got some stops. He got a bunch of rebounds. Let's see. He had seven rebounds. He had 12 points on five of six shooting. I mean, <laughs> what, what more could you ask from the kid? So that was pretty exciting. I, I didn't know much of anything about him coming into this year, except for I had heard that he could offer some rim protection, and I was certainly hoping he could. Um, but he definitely showed a little bit of that last night. And like I said, good re- good rebounds. And uh, I was not expecting him to do much of anything as far as scoring. But he had a nice touch last night, just uh, just putting back rebounds mainly. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he was super active on the glass. And yeah. we could really use that. So thank goodness for him. Is it, it is it too early to start asking if he should start over Pal? I've already seen people saying that. So, <laughs> I mean, oh man, you know, Pal. We could use Pal in the starting five for the fact that that offense still looks disturbing at times, uh, mm-hmm. as it did at times last year. Even though it's, it's a, a little different. Um. Like, he, if we just throw it to him on the elbow, hopefully he can help move the ball. Like, that's what I want from him. Facilitate, and I'd like to see him hit the little jumper. But the, the problem is there's so many guys in that group shooting the mid-range jumper, and when it's not falling, it's it's not good for anybody. <laughs> so um, hopefully he can bring that. But, yeah. And we're, we're lucky to have Dwayne for what he, what he can bring. <laughs> That's for sure. Yes. Who knows? I don't know if Pop's going to... I mean, you guys have mentioned before that, that Powell, when he went to Chicago, did not want to come off the bench, did not want to end That's games right. on the bench. Right. So that could be an interesting thing if that ever comes up. Uh, hopefully it won't be a problem. But I'm not going to worry about it right now. <laughs> That's fair. You're 2-0. We won't start muckraking yet. <laughs> Uh, Morton, how about you? Who are you crushing on this week? Oh, I have you both beat because I know who you pick. I have Tabo Cephalosha. Ooh, interesting. Because that guy deserves it after the whole Mm. breaking the leg by the police thing. And, yeah. So, 13 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, 6 of 8 from the field, drained to 3, 22 minutes of play. Go Tabo. This is the this is the guy who was drafted, actually by the Sixers and the Bulls traded for him uh, on draft day in two thousand six. Rodney Carney, I think, was the guy. Who, <laughs> oh, right, Brian. Yeah, yeah. And uh... the Bulls had this vision of Tabo actually playing point guard, like a six seven six eight point guard. Never really quite worked out, but he did have some good moments. And then he, you know, went to. Uh, Oklahoma City and he was sort of a bit player so it's nice to see him once in a while just peek his head out a little bit and saying you know what I, I can still put up some numbers I can still play major minutes and, and contribute and 13 7 5 and 5 in 22 minutes after that whole debacle hell yeah Tabo go on with your badass self <laughs> and he was I mean he was a big part of that Hawks team before that whole police 
breaking his leg incident happened, which is, mm-hmm. you know, that a lot of the concern about the Hawks in the playoffs that year was like, hey, we Dabo is really important. That's a big piece that we are suddenly missing. So, yeah, it is good to see him back in action again. You know, you never want to see, I don't care who you root for, you never want to see injuries. So you want the league to be as rife with talent as possible. So it, it's very, very good to have everyone you know, more or less healthy to start the year. Uh, the guy I'm picking that Sarah is mad about is my boy Sergio Rodriguez. So, Sarah, I'll let you go before I do. Because, uh, my, my again, rose-colored glasses with Sergio. <laughs> That's right. I'll let you get into details, but I just was going to say how fun it is to watch a point guard who just really has a great grasp of the game, and especially the pick mm-hmm. and roll. Like, I just love – I could watch that forever. So I really enjoyed watching him the other night, uh, making the timing passes, pocket pass, uh, the pass that he threw, like the no-look pass, bouncer. Oh, so my good. God. I, I just love that stuff. So I, I enjoy watching him. Um, I should also mention that Deadman had four blocks the other night. I knew I forgot yes. something. 12 points, <laughs> seven boards, four blocks. All right. As someone who, who signed him in the B-Ball Breakdown Dynasty League this summer, I'm very happy with what I'm yeah, getting from Dwayne Deadman <laughs> so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Sixers, I mean, I continue to this day to say if the Lakers had let D'Angelo Russell follow the Sixers, Sam Hankey would still be there. Uh, they have lacked a real threat at point guard, you could say, since Michael Carter-Williams, but even he, you know, we'll look at how he's fallen over the last three years. He just put up numbers because there was no one else to do that that year. I mean, they have not had even, like, replacement-level point guard play. They had Ish Smith in 2014 after MCW left. <laughs> they had Kendall Marshall to start the year last year. They had Tony Roten when he came back. Uh, They had TJ McConnell, who, while I love him, is nothing more than a third-string point guard, you know, on a decent to good team. Uh, And then they brought Ish back again, and he, like, led a slight resuscitation, and then teams figured out he couldn't shoot, and they just plummeted again. I mean, it was just fun to see the Sixers with the real point guard. Like, I I, I just not used to seeing... uh, the Sixers have a guy who can feed the ball to players in advantageous situations. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm hoping that Jaleel Okafor has a better second year than he does his first year. And I'm thinking that Sergio will be a big part of that. Like if they can hit him when he's got good post position already, he's not going to have to like, back someone down for 20 feet and then take a off-balance turnaround hook shot. Like, feed him when he is six feet from the basket, he wakes one move. You know, he had a couple of really good moves the other night, and I think Sergio is going to be a big part of the Sixers, especially while Jared Bayless recovers. So he had, I think, 12 points, nine assists, four rebounds against OKC. You know, he he dueled Russell Westbrook and lived to tell the tale. Uh, I'm just, I'm thrilled to have even average point guard play, which is something the Sixers have sorely lacked for the last couple of years. And, you know, he's only signed for one year, so I don't think he's going to factor into the Sixers' long-term plans. But while we've got him, I'm going to enjoy him. So that will do it for our opening night edition of the NBA podcast. Uh, Again, you can check us out on Twitter at the NBA pod. 
Uh, be sure to give all three of us a follow as well. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us some reviews. Give us some downloads. Any feedback is always welcome. And again, if anyone knows someone with intro music, let us know as well. Uh, until next time, guys. Good luck to your teams. I'm going to hope for the first Sixers win of the year. Uh, as always, joined by Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. Great talking to you guys. Likewise, Brian. All right, bye. Motivation with Amazon Music. You're still in bed? Didn't you go running? Oh, I overslept. I'll go tomorrow. I'm getting in the shower. Alexa, set an alarm for 5 a.m. tomorrow to Hard Rock Music. Okay, I'm up. The right song exactly when you need it. Amazon Music, the simplest way to listen to the music you love. New customers start your 30-day free trial at AmazonMusic.com. Renews automatically cancel anytime. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.